the Bible Study Podcast, episode 611. Today, the Bible Study Podcast starts a study of the book of Ezra. Welcome to the Bible Study Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Christensen. So we just finished the study of the book of Mark, but before that, you may recall, we did four books in a row, which were the history of the Jewish people from the time of the kings. And so we did first and second Samuel, first and second Kings. We did not do first and second Chronicle, which retells the same story as first and second Kings, but from a different point of view. And then at the end of that story, we left the people of Israel going into exile in Babylon. And a lot has happened since we left them there. One of the things that has happened is Babylon has fallen. And we would read about that in the book of Daniel, but we're not doing Daniel at this time, although this might be an appropriate time to put in Daniel. And the Babylonian Empire was a very mighty empire, but for a very short period of time. And basically, they fell and they were overtaken by the Medes and the Persians. And so we begin the start of the Persian Empire. And the Persian Empire will continue on past the end of the Old Testament into that intertestamental period, that time between the Old Testament and the New Testament, and they will be conquered in turn by Alexander the Great. And so the book of Maccabees, for instance, in the Apocrypha, those books that are not included in a Protestant Bible, but you'd find them in a Catholic Bible, Maccabees is a story of the revolt against the kings left by Alexander, or the kings that come after Alexander. And so we're, we're starting that period of Persia here, and the advantage here is now the people of Israel are going to get to go back to Israel. The time of the exile ends, and it ends here in Ezra 1. And it goes like this. Cyrus helps the exiles to return. In the first year of Cyrus, king of Persia, in order to fulfill the word of the Lord spoken by Jeremiah, the Lord moved the heart of Sirius, king of Persia, to make a proclamation throughout his realm and also to put it in writing. This is what Sirius, king of Persia, says. The Lord, the God of heaven, has given me all the kingdoms of the earth, and he has appointed me to build a temple for him at Jerusalem in Judah. Any of his people among you may go up to Jerusalem and Judah and build the temple of the Lord, the God of Israel, the God who is in Jerusalem, and may their God be with them. And in any locality where survivors may now be living, the people are to provide them with silver and gold, with goods and livestock, and with freewill offerings for the temple of God in Jerusalem. Then the family heads of Judah and Benjamin and the priests and Levites, everyone whose heart God had moved, prepared to go up and build the house of the Lord in Jerusalem. All their neighbors assisted them with articles of silver and gold, with goods and livestock, and with valuable gifts, in addition to all the freewill offerings. Moreover, King Cyrus brought out the articles belonging to the temple of the Lord, which Nebuchadnezzar had carried away from Jerusalem and had placed in the temple of his God. Cyrus, king of Persia, had them brought by Mithridath, the treasurer, who counted them out to Sheshbazar, the prince of Judah. This was the inventory, gold dishes, 30 silver dishes, 1,000 
silver pans 29, gold bowls 30, matching silver bowls 410, other articles 1,000. In all, there were 5,400 articles of gold and silver. Sheth Bazar bought all of these with the exiles when they came up from Babylon to Jerusalem. And so it seems at this point that the king of Persia is in favor of and is supporting the work of rebuilding the temple. And that may seem a little odd because he is not Jewish. And why is he in favor of this? And three things that we need to understand at this point. One is that Cyrus is a king is king over a region that does have multiple peoples, multiple languages, multiple religions. And so this can just be a political move that to have these people favorable to Persia and to have a stable portion of the Persian Empire is to return these people to their land and have them think good thoughts about Cyrus, to have them think good thoughts about Persia, to be loyal, faithful servants of the king there. And so it can just be that that's the reason why this is happening. Of course, it can be that he is moved by God to do this, and it certainly says that he's doing this in order to fulfill the word of the Lord, that doesn't necessarily mean he's doing it because he is trying to fulfill the word of the Lord. The author who is writing this could mean that he is doing this in fulfillment of what God wrote and that God is directing his actions. That's another possible explanation. But the other two things that we need to remember or to understand, if we have not read them, are the things that happened in this in-between period. And again, the books that we would look at for this, I mentioned, would be uh, Daniel. And Daniel was one of those Jewish leaders, one of those young men who was taken into captivity and was raised to be a leader in first Babylon and then later on in Persia. And so there is a reason why these kings in Persia might be inclined towards the Jewish people, and that might be people like Daniel. People like Daniel who became significant within the Persian Empire, although not at the time of Cyrus, but more in the time of his father or grandfather. But again, that's going to help. He's going to leave some lasting impact on there. The other books that we would see in between, we would have the book of Jeremiah and Lamentations of Jeremiah, although that won't affect Cyrus as much, but that's what the author of Ezra is referring to when he says the word of the Lord spoken to Jeremiah. Jeremiah is a prophet at the end of the time period of the kings and into the time period of the beginning of the captivity, and Ezra and Jeremiah prophesies that this time will come to an end, that it will be 70 years and it will come to an end. And Lamentations is one of those books that looks on the wreckage of Jerusalem and remembers the unfaithfulness and the the sadness that none of this had to happen. But the other book that's interesting to fit in that in-between time, in that time of the exile, is the book of Esther. And Esther is an interesting book. It is the only book in the Bible that does not mention God, but it does mention the Jewish people as the rather self-centered king of Persia. Uh, His wife embarrasses him. He puts her away and gets a new wife who ends up being Esther, and he will later learn she is Jewish. And so 
she becomes the queen in Persia for a time, not in Cyrus' time, but in the time of his father or grandfather. And so, again, we have this place where someone who is Jewish is in a position of authority. And we also see that in that time period that people fear and respect the Jews by the end of the book of Esther. And again, we're not going to cover that now, but it's something that is going to influence this time period. So that's where we are. Cyrus has said, you can all go and you can return and you should go build the temple. And here's all the items that Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, took from the original temple. Now go do the work. And that's what he's doing. He's giving all these items and he's giving encouragement. And it doesn't say that everyone left. It says then the families of the Judah and Benjamin, those are the two tribes that survived, those two, two tribes that went into exile while the other tribes disappeared when the Assyrians took them away. And the priests of the Levites, sorry, there are really three tribes remaining. We talk about the missing ten tribes, but it's really Judah, Benjamin, and Levites. Everyone whose heart God had moved prepared to go. And so some people didn't go. In fact, some people were very comfortable where they were, and there is, even today, in that region, people who remain, who were Jewish in the region that used to be Persia, and that would be Iran these days, predominantly. And so there is, still today, a remnant of those people who were happy where they were, who were contented with living in exile, who were contented with living in Persia. But God moved the hearts of some of these remnants to go home and do this work that God intends, the rebuilding of the nation and the rebuilding of Jerusalem and the rebuilding of the temple. And we'll get more into that as we proceed with the book next week. But with that, we'll end this episode of the Bible Study Podcast. If you have any questions, send an email to host at com, or better yet, leave a comment on this episode at thebiblestudypodcast.com. And thanks so much for listening. Hello, I'm Adam Comer. And I'm Ryan Chittister. And we are the host of Life After Addiction Podcast. What we believe is that addiction is not a surprise to God. That's right. We discuss addiction from a biblical worldview and how true freedom comes through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Absolute freedom from addiction. The secular worldview of once an addict, always an addict is just not true. If you or someone you love struggles with addiction, subscribe to Life After Addiction at lifeaudio.com.